Hello everybody, Kevin Markwick here and the sound of the picture house the picture house in Uckfield where life is fast and cheap or as we say there's only one F in Uckfield Welcome to part two of Phil Lott and I's trawl through some, just some of the best scores of 2020. We didn't have time to fit them all in. Life's just not long enough and we've got, well, some of us have got stuff to do. Some of us have got nothing to do in this nightmare other than come up with this crap. Anyway, I hope you enjoy it. Um, please remember to subscribe if you can. Tell your friends. Recommend us wherever possible. And if you're a famous person, <laughs> get in touch. Come on the podcast. We're lovely, honestly. We've got quite a few good guests coming up, which is good. Right? Bait. But in the meantime, please do enjoy part two of uh, this. This is um, Bert Kempfert, by the way. I'm sure you knew that. Anyone who's listened to the podcast before knows this is what I call a non-sync classic. Because we used to have this record when I was a small boy growing up. And we used it as the you know, music in the, in the cinema. Had a whole bunch of Bert Kempfer. Maybe I'll treat you to some swinging safari. And some what's his name? The Tijuana Brass guy. Anyway. Herb Albert, there you go. We had lots of his albums too. So remember, folks, we're still here. Cinemas are still here and still looking forward to seeing you as soon as this nightmare is over. Anyway, enjoy. My next choice, my I think this is, uh, yeah, this is, this is probably my choice. Uh, Uncut Gems, which... I hate, hate, I hate your film. <laughs> but I like what you did with it. <laughs> Yeah, I can. I mean, I kind of knew this wasn't for you, really. Um, and I, I just because uh, I, I actually picked it as my film of the year. Would you believe? And you did. I remember. Yes, I did. Ructions. Yeah. Ructions. I, again, Ruxians. going back to that idea that I have no idea how this is going to play out, and not only do I have no idea how this play plays out, I am so incredibly stressed while I'm watching it. That I it must have been going through a moment in my life because I put it on <laughs> and I had to leave the room after about four minutes. It was really just too okay. I'll tell you about that. Too much yelling. Yeah. Well, let me. We'll come back to that because uh, again, we we'll say Uncut Gems is uh, the Safdie brothers who made uh, Good Times, which I also really liked with uh, Robert Pattinson. And it's basically this kind of hot. It's it's the most highly strong film. Really, isn't it? I mean, that's about the way you could describe it. Adam Sandler, who I would normally, you know, cross several blocks to avoid, um, is extraordinary in this in this film. And I think this is a is a good, this is a a, a, um, a great testament to great directors in a way. In that you can, you know, Adam Sandler, if he's directed well, 
is is as good as anybody and he plays this incredibly on the edge addicted gambler whose life is falling apart and he's going to do this one last thing to get him out of trouble and bring bring his life back on track which puts us all so incredibly on edge so did you not get to the end i didn't get to the end oh but the payoff is amazing and the thing about it is, is I no, I felt exactly like you. I saw it again. The risk of sounding like a like an ass. I saw okay. it. I know that's good. I saw it in Toronto, at the end of uh, seven days, where I'd seen getting on for forty films, mm. and I sat. I saw it in the theater, even though actually it was a Netflix film anyway, wasn't it? It was a Netflix film originally. Right, right, right. And um, I sat there. It was quite early in the morning, ten in the morning, maybe a bit earlier. And it starts, and and I was so tired, and so <laughs> a bit missing home, you know. And I thought, I'm not sure I've got the mental fortitude to sit through this. I really, but I stuck with it, and I was so glad I did. And it's just, it's kind of, you know, actually, I suppose to be fair, he does that kind of thing, Sandler, doesn't he? Because you were less of a fan of um, Punch Drunk Love, for instance, than I was. And it's just, you I, know, it's one of my favorite yes. films. And I've now and, I've yes. now reevaluated. <laughs> but he does that, that that character that's about to explode at any minute that could just internally combust, and it's so compelling and it moves at this kind of it, yeah. I, I mean, it's that's not the greatest critical <laughs> analysis of no, the film. No, I think that's but, a very good analysis. Yeah. But I think that's it, it. Sort of doesn't let you go, and it starts yeah, at hundred. Yeah, and and actually, that's interesting you say that because I'm normally not a fan of films that start on eleven. I'm really not, and then just keep going. Don't don't give you any light and shade, darling. Light and shade. I mean, there probably is some light and shade in it, but I yeah, but it just grabs you by the scruff of the neck, and and doesn't stop moving. And scary as hell as <laughs> well. It kind of you have to you have to get to the end. You know, smoke a joint, have a few whiskeys, and get to the I end. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm, I I couldn't watch get through get through clockwise. Oh, well, ah, I see. Okay, now that's interesting because there's you know it's like my wife Tansy. I'm not going to do it. My wife Tansy, um, uh, you know who you of course know very well. I'm just saying that from the listening point of view. Um, you know, doesn't because I love the that last Alan Partridge series where he was live on the telly and and. You know, obviously, Forty Towers, that great, particularly, although this isn't British, tradition of the comedy of embarrassment. See, I love that. I love I love squirming in my seat. And this is what Uncut Gems are. Oh, no, don't do that. Don't, no. Oh. Well, I, just, yeah. I just find always those those films, it would have been so easy if. I you just, know, but that's you just drama, put a time isn't out. it? Hey, so what I'm trying to achieve is this. Yes. This is causing me a bit of a trouble <laughs> on there. Could you do, do, uh, be so kind as to let me park here or let me pop out for two minutes? Yeah, I know. No, the world collapses and it's awful. And I know. It doesn't have anything. And if you want that, I've got my own life. Thank you. But I. <laughs> so I also enjoyed the music greatly, which is by. Uh, Daniel Lopatin? Lopatin? I'm not sure how to Lopatin, as I had it.
I loved hating it. There you go. That's what oh. I felt with that film. I loved hating that film because it was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't. It was like, um, it was like you know when you got a when you um, when you're a kid and and your teeth are starting to come out. Go on. And you push really hard. Oh, and then you let it go, and it's a really nice sort of hurt. Did you never oh. do that? Is that just me? Am I a bit weird? No, that. Yeah. <laughs> I am now not unfamiliar with that sensation. Yes, that I have sense. Yeah, and and that that's what I I loved about it. <laughs> that's what he was going for in the film. I'm sure he was. That was his. That was, that was the what they were. The yeah, that's meeting. what they were going for. Oh no! So Daniel Lopatin is um actually he's he's got he's better known as uh, one point tricks dot never. That's his um sort of act. He's called that. Now okay, we so do like sound like oh yeah we sound like old men now because we're not true. we're not down with the kids. I don't think that's down with the kids necessarily, to be honest. He, so he's a DJ. He's like a, a DJ. Uh, yeah. So I don't want to stress you out anymore. So we'll move on. Uh, Thank you. Stephen Price's music for a life on our planet. Oh, come on. <sighs> it sort of makes yes. you feel. Was there hope? Yes. <sighs> I don't know. Did you, you you saw the film? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Just, yeah. I mean, it. Uh, I mean, there's so many things to say. Uh, Sir David Attenborough, King, Lord of all, he's well. He's that's the thing. Doing a sort of farewell. Yeah, farewell that's what I didn't there. like. That's what I didn't like because he's not going to be it's, with us forever, is he? No, no. And, it, and that, so that's heartbreaking at the beginning, and then he's also saying. You know, mm. it's sort of like the, the the letter from Grandma saying, "Just be nice to everyone, and you know, yeah. tidy your room, and don't, you know." But there was hope. Uh, I mean, there's do hope. Do we have the capacity to do it? I don't know. He thinks we do. He believes in us. <laughs> You're making me cry now. But, I, I mean, it's all our own bloody fault. That's the thing. It is like yeah. That's a very good way of describing it. It's like a letter saying, "Yeah, now look." Right. If you want to, yeah. But it, it, I don't know. The message I got was that. If you know, it's not too late. If we right, out, you know, right. Um, no, I know. And so, there is, yes, you're right. You're totally right. The music is right. It's brilliant balance hmm. between tragedy and hope. And I think that's where the tension of the music lies, which is always something that's really important for a score. I think. Um, and I don't mean bad tension. Just the tension is always. It's not just resolved all the time. And no. I think that's what happens during this film. And I think it's just a terrific, terrific. Hmm piece of film did you see um, um there's a there's a uh i think it's on youtube of david attenborough hearing this music for the first time oh no yeah it's really good he was oh, so surprised by what stephen price had come up with and he's you know he, he's quite moved and says how perfect it is for what for what the film is trying to achieve next. <laughs> you're you're welling up i am i'm terrible you know me i'm an <laughs> absolute nightmare when it comes to this sort of, uh, well, school, schools know. also have that, yeah, ability yeah. to do that. Is there a school that does that to you that you can tell me right now that you go uh, press that? To... Within... Oh, I'd have to get back to you on that. I can't think of anything straight off for the bat. Me, yeah, for me, it's uh, I think the American president. Oh, that's interesting, Mark Isham. Yeah, that's a good score, but it's um, yeah, I always get a bit cynical. I mean, I love American president, but I'm always a bit cynical about that kind of. Uh, liberal Hollywood wish fulfillment stuff. <laughs> no, it's going to be totally. No, no, that's that's totally fine, and there's many yeah. reasons to be tearful about that yeah. anyway. But just that score divorced of the film. Yeah, I I funny. I'm funny with this kind of stuff because I I cry in movies all the time, 
Mm. Yet sometimes I'm thinking, well, I think we've said it again a million times before. You know, I know what you do. I sit there with my arms folded again. Yeah, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. <laughs> and then I go. Now, I mean, that's that's the sort of armory, you know, that's the artillery of cinema mm-hmm. working on you, isn't it? And, you know, are there any scores that I just have to hear and I, I start to get moved? Uh, probably, but I, I'm going to get back to you on that one. I should know right. off the top of my head, shouldn't I? But, I mean, up, um, I'm sure for you other know, reasons, the first 10 minutes of Up, you're probably going yeah, to te- Yeah, that's a good one, Up. But um, what tends to happen with me is I think of scenes in films. That's my big problem. Mm. And and um, if I start to describe them, <laughs> I'm back there. And it's a nightmare. You know, I do that in Spartacus, which is, you know, always moves me the bit at the end with the, you know, I love you, Antoninus, like the sun I shall never see and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> um, because actually it was, um, uh, what's his name, came, and I'd, I'd never thought of it like this. Um, who's the famous film critic, uh, Chicago Sun-Times? Um, what's his name? Uh, not Leonard Matlin, the other one. <laughs> Oh, um, <laughs> which is a ridiculous way to get to the name. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, not that Malt- uh, is it Matt? Is it Matlin or Malt? Well, I don't know. Probably I I, to, it's one of these ways because it, it wasn't in our culture growing up. It was only a thing you saw written down. You never heard it said. And I'm a um, I'm a lazy, lazy uh, reader. Anyway, um, but he said that uh, no, Siskel and Ebert, wasn't it? Yes. So, uh, Ebert, it was. This right. is going well. But he pointed out some years ago, I read this, that actually, and I'm very much the same, the things that move me and seem to move most of us in movies is not when people are being, I mean, sometimes it does, when people are being horrible to each other. But actually what moves you the most is when people love each other. That's what moves you. And, you know, you think at the end of Schindler's List, you know, you can be as sniffy mm-hmm. about it as you like. The bit that moves you the most is when they're, when they're showing their love for him. And it's the same yeah. at the end of Spartacus. It's when they love each other. You know, they're, they're, for me, that's always the bits that set me off. And as soon as I start describing it, I'm gone. <laughs> you know. And, oh, you know that film? Yeah. That does it for me? Uh, Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, Eternal Sunshine's very... I, I, I wasn't as moved by that as you were, but I absolutely understand why you were. Um, I can't even tell you about it now. No, you can't. See, and off you no. go. It's, I mean, Joke. films. I mean, movies are the greatest thing ever invented, aren't they? I just think they bloody are. They, they, they oh. absolutely are. And, um, you know, and even and you, this sort of this part of my brain that thinks, oh, this is cynical, bloody manipulating bunch of stuff. When I see Field of Dreams, you know, I go, oh, yeah, right, whatever. This part of my brain is going. I mean, it doesn't. It gets sucked in and it, it follows the story yeah. because it is such a such a a well oiled machine of a film, isn't it? That yes. um, by the time you know, and it's like uh, the only way oh, I can describe sorry. it. That's right. It's um, is that Rocky? Oh, it's Ellie. All right. <laughs> Telling America what's what. <laughs> um, uh, it's like tantric 
um it's like a it's like well it, it, field of dreams particularly it's like tantric emotion isn't it, it goes, oh it sticks you in the, yeah it, it goes you in the pot it, well it goes in and it bubbles you yeah. along and you're going yeah, yeah 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 it's gonna happen any minute and here we go oh no he's not gonna say it uh-uh. and oh no he's not gonna say it and no oh, he's not gonna say it <laughs> and you see it's terrible and yeah, you're it. oh, it's terrible it's a nightmare it. yeah it is it's awful and um but it's it's almost like this is the last line in the film isn't it right i mean it's literally well, musically, we were just talking about 1917 i mean that's yeah. that just a great example suddenly you're sitting there under the tree with the kid yeah. again and you and, oh, we go. <sighs> but the bit and where he goes got, yeah sorry go on no it's insane and you got like four minutes of that pull out watching him with the music going yeah come back to us playing and you yeah yeah oh, it's, yeah but I was going to say the bit at the end of Field of Dreams. Well, he's, it's not until he says "Dad," that's your release, isn't it? That's the release. Be careful! Yeah. Oh God, see, always bring it down to that level. But what I mean is that is the bit for the audience that goes bang. You're allowed to weep uncontrollably now. Yes. And but it it keeps it takes you to this. It goes, oh, here it comes! Here it comes! No, not yet. Nope. Here it comes! Here it comes! And he knows. Don't he? He knows. And that's what's... And in a score, they can dial it back. It's too much sometimes. Yeah. And they go... And they yes. Back and they don't let it, two yes. scenes too early. No. But this isn't, uh, this isn't uh, Life on Our Planet, is it? Which is actually equally... I mean, it's... Uh, yes. It's a very important film, I think, is the minimum you can say about it. And yeah, and you think... Sorry. A lot of people saw it, actually, in my cinema, which was a good thing. But I think more people should see it. And there may be a resistance. You kind of look at it and think, oh, all that's going to do is depress me. But don't we think it, that. Yeah, we call it broccoli. Yeah. yeah. It's broccoli television. It's like, oh, it's hard work. It's 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 not hard work, actually. I mean, it is, it's kind of, oh, but it, it's... it's um, but this is Stephen Price's music. Stephen Price, of course, kind of hit... Oh, well, no, I won't say hit the ground running. That might be a bit condescending. But, you know, quite early in his career, he got, didn't he? He got the Oscar for gravity which i and he'd done a, you know. he'd done a lot of music editing before that so he'd been yes. on these films i mean yes. we're talking about that but yeah. it's a it's a, mm. it's a theme that recurs but mm. you know i think blake neely had done yes. conducting on right. matted scores mm. early in his career and trained with the big guys or did, did a, if you were saying that earlier on they mm. writing additional additional score from the bigger for the biggest yes. composers filling in the bits passage <laughs> and what's the story was that stephen price had started just sort of scoring bits of gravity himself as right. he was getting the, as I he was getting he was given scenes to to put temp score on he started right. putting his own ah i didn't know that music on apparently something like that i mean that makes it sound like it was sort of underhand but i'm sure it was a bit more organized than that but but the, the, was, um, actually the track gravity is one of the great i think great ratcheting up pieces of music that ends with this almost kind of you know um elegiacal sound at the end when she finally kind of stands up and you know because it takes you all through the earth's atmosphere doesn't it and uh, you know this is it's kind of us yeah just amazing but this is his music uh for a life on our planet
So Stephen Price's music for A Life on Our Planet. Okay, so uh, so next up, The Invisible Man, Benjamin Wolfish, his music for that. And uh, you've seen that? You saw that? I did. I watched it this week. Ooh. I had not seen it previously. This is one that you had Scary film. turned me on to. Scary film. But I'm a... Uh, yes. I don't like scary films. I did watch. My, I say I watched it. I did watch quite a lot of The Floor and uh, my hands, and then I think I may have made dinner. I thought Sorry. you put it on your list. I was convinced you'd put it on your list. You obviously didn't. I didn't, but oh. I think I saw yours, and maybe I put it on the list because oh. you said maybe yeah, you were just copying me. And I heard this. I heard the score, and then like it's it good, lot. isn't it? And it's really good. It's kind of because there's a lot of um, to say. There's a lot of these films. There's a lot of these scores as well. And I think this one sort of stands out a bit. I, I enjoyed the film. I kind of, um, I sort of knew where it was going and I kind of, you know. But actually the twist in the tale, what we should say is, is it spoiler to say that the invisible man is a man, but the film is about a woman? That's not a, that's not a spoiler, is it? No. No, because, uh, the, no. you know. I mean, yes. Yes, but at the same time, no. But, um yeah, again, it's a, it's a, it's a, I haven't got actually that much to say about it. It's just that I enjoyed the experience of watching the film, and a big part of that was this score. I, there you I, go. Yes, I, I think. Look, when the machine is working with all its parts, yes. yeah, uh, it's going to be you know. I mean, where it work doesn't work is when you get, you scratch your head about the score. You go, "What the hell was that score?" Yeah, how often does that happen? Hmm. Good question. I, Just you, I mean, the thing is, we, so we're we're sitting here all highfalutin, going, "Well, these are these are this is this is the music that we liked in 2020." But actually, how much film music? You go, God, I hated that. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I can't think that happens. I suppose what happens is you become indifferent to it and you don't notice it. Maybe I think I think that would be counted as a victory for a composer, either way, good what, or bad. That you didn't notice you're not, it. You're not aware of the score in a kind of a. Because yeah, there is there is an argument for all these other scores we've loved. Yes, we shouldn't have. You know, the filmmaker and the mm, composer mm. probably would sit in an interview and tell us, "Well, you know, if it's... you've noticed my music, I've done something wrong." Oh, really? But, would they but, honestly um, say that? Uh, I think the idea that it's meant to become part of the some of its parts, I think, is what's important. But that's true of of all parts of making a film isn't it <laughs> well totally i mean i think when you have the lead actor doing yeah. it in a you go, so what? The, no no but what i mean is that oh you know tom hanks in undercover was so good i didn't notice him <laughs> <laughs> i mean maybe i'm i'm torturing this analogy slightly but you know i think um no i noticed no and often um i think as we have i have already demonstrated i think we can like music that we but we don't like the film as much that can happen also yeah for sure i mean I but think, it tends uh, not to happen the other way around i don't think i mean you don't I, I honestly i'm genuinely interested to think is there a film that i've really really loved and then thought oh my god the music was terrible though i can't think of an I, I example think of, but i think what you i don't think that would happen on account of the fact i think you're then yes, your reaction would your, be the film was good I think yeah you're buying it film yeah awful yeah. or ruined by that score <laughs> Which I think is... um, actually, there probably is. There probably is. If I if we sat down and thought about it, but this just literally popped into my head. Where you think that score is just too much. That's just too much. Too much music, sire. You know. I, I, yeah. I mean, I can't think of any off the top of my head. But where it's sort no, of thunderously I, I, annoying. They're, okay, so you, I, I think at the at the uh, cheaper end. Is that the right phrase? 
you know, lots of Mickey Mousing and lots of too. I, I tell you what, yes. television is very guilty of having too much score. I think, you know, in, in you know the uh, the one that, uh, that sticks in my mind of shows like uh, The Good Place and uh, Ugly Betty, just yep. relentless. Boom, 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 boom. Ding, 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 ding. Boom, 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 boom. And it starts to drive me absolutely batty. <laughs> I, th- I think you're totally right. I think that, that that idea of TV being wall-to-wall score is something that, yeah, you're totally right. Uh, happens, I think, less so now with the streaming. Yes. That was just because the, the big shows are probably being made by a filmmaker. Oh, I was going to go back to what you were saying about the idea that a, 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 a film that has a bad score is almost never going to be a film that you say you enjoy because mm. what it shows you is wrong thinking. Yeah. No, I think and you're right. The, the, the decision making process, 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 friends, process. <laughs> sorry, I've been here too long. Um, the decision making process is somehow either not connecting for you because maybe someone mm. else would love the film, of course, and that's what's great about films. Yeah, but I think the, I think when you have a score that's wrong, it's because something has gotten confused. Mm. Maybe the director got kicked off. Mm. Maybe the studios threw a score on it. Maybe they couldn't afford the score they had. Maybe they threw mm. it out. You don't know all this list of things, but. I think if you end up with a film with a, 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 a noticeably bad score, I think you... Yeah, I'm just struggling to think of one. the bad filmmaking yeah. ahead of it. You probably didn't notice the bad score because you weren't enjoying the film or right. vice versa. I can't think of an example of a film where I thought, that is a great film. Shame about the score. Maybe someone can. Write no. in, tell us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be a good thing.
So the next one we're going to do is uh, Underwater. This is one I haven't seen. Um, and the score by Marco, the great Marco Beltrami, who uh, has done all sorts of things from Scream onwards. But um, I had you seen this film? I have. I enjoyed Which it. Which is why you picked it. Because I didn't pick it, you picked yes. it. And um, uh, you did enjoy it because it got a bit of a pasting, didn't it? It did, but uh, I this is a film... Thankfully, I'm on the other side of the Atlantic. Right. Uh, I saw it only at the in my home cinema. In the home. Uh, you know, on my TV at home. No, no, I understand. I understand. Cinema. Well, so did. Um, uh, so would have I, <laughs> if I'd have seen it. I do keep kind of hovering over the, um, you know, thumbnail, going, nah, no, 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 you know. But I would. No, no, I, I would. But you enjoyed it. But that's good. I mean, look, it's it's a genre film, and it's it's people running about underwater. Well, doing, we, we and like so it does everything it says in the tin. Yeah, and I think that's I. I think I have a lot of respect for films that are only trying to do, trying to ah, do one thing very yes, well. Yes, I agree, uh, and that's the reason why I really enjoyed um, yeah. the Greyhound. Well, we talked about this a lot over the years. The idea that uh, personally, and I think you agree with me that um, you have to judge a film by its own yardstick. Correct, and Absolutely. you know if it wants to be Oscar-winning greatness then it really does have to be Oscar-winning greatness. And if it wants to be a simple story of, you know, I don't know, like Groundhog Day or something, which is a very, you know, kind of straightforward concept, executed brilliantly. There was something I was hearing the other day, actually. It was Stuart Lee talking on a podcast about uh, something, and he said his mother-in-law had told him, in all seriousness, that she didn't enjoy Groundhog Day because she found it repetitive. <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was great um so um he's done a lot of tv marco beltrami as well but uh on the movie front oh gemini man in its mm. weird frame rate ford versus ferrari that is a great score why didn't we pick that was that last year or this year it wasn't last no it wasn't last year <sighs> yeah i don't think that was last year that was great the music in that really i mean i enjoyed that film a lot but the score really lifts it it really does right from frame one isn't it it kind of yeah it doesn't let you go no no but the, the score definitely and uh what else he done uh that the, the uh, listener would know quiet place is there much music in that there must have been <laughs> <laughs> you just couldn't hear it <laughs> and logan that was good yeah just turn it down a bit please so kind of turn... yeah yeah thank you it's a quiet place the clue marco is in the title um logan Shh. yeah that was That's good yeah yeah Shh. <laughs> anyway so underwater this is uh this is his um music for which was oh uh, we should say what it is it's uh it's set in a underwater thing it's uh what's her name <laughs> you know <laughs> what's her name oh, that was probably goodness. the bitch yeah. uh kristen stewart kristen stewart and um it's sort of like the abyss light is what it looked to me would that be a reasonable Yes. Effect. Yeah. Less, less space worms. Less. <laughs> what was that film we went to see? Was it a bit like that? Life was it? We, oh, I, life. Yes. Well, yeah, funny. You were just talking about gravity in that sequence yeah. where, she, where she goes to Earth and we get through that, and I completely in my head got yes. it confused with the space capsule going down to get Earth in life. Yeah. Life. Which was too scary for window. you. I remember you hated me because I'd made you go and see this film without warning you. It had scary bits in it. It did have scary bits. <laughs> <in it. laughs> 
it was but it also had it had sci-fi magical stuff yeah no no it was not a great film but uh yeah okay so this is it was um, a terrific score though by the way was it oh okay i'll go back to that because i i felt so awful about making you see it (laughs) it's miss gyllenhaal it was right yeah 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 okay so this is marco bertrami's music for underwater So we're going to move on to something quite different now. Uh, water still the theme. Um, Mark Corvin's score for The Lighthouse. I mean, it's as bonkers as the film, isn't it? It's nutty. What a <laughs> nutty film. I love this film so much. And it's black and white, four by three. Well, it's not even About four two. by three. It's another ratio, which is even weirder. One, what is it, one to one? Oh, it's, no, it's a, it's a ratio that was um, used for silent movies. So, because four by three, they had to uh, came in because of the soundtrack had to be put oh, that's onto right. the film. That's right. That's right. So it's like it's more like a one by one. Like Almost, one yeah. So like I, a- there, there is a name for it, but I can't remember what it is. But um, yeah, so it's like this really ancient silent movie uh, ratio. And you know, if you ever wondered what a mermaid's vagina looked like, this is a film for you. <laughs> it's quite mental, isn't it? I I, yes. I loved it too. It's kind of it's it's like no, it's like a big knotty bit of wood. It's kind of gnarly and and, and you, know. you feel cold. Oh that. yeah, and and these performances, um, particularly, um, you know, your man. Um, oh, what's his name? Oh, this is terrible. Come on, his yeah, name. Yeah, you know his name. 
His I'm not name. helping you at all. You're not helping me in the slightest. No. I you was, know, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm being conscious. I'm trying to stop. Oh, thinking. I've got no thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I've got no thumbs in the English patient. Uh, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty specific reference. No, is it? Dan, William Defoe. William Defoe. Daniel Defoe. He was rubbish. <laughs> he was. He had thumbs. Yeah, he had thumbs. Uh, yeah, he had no thumbs in the English patient. Don't you remember? Oh, I do now. Yeah, I do. That was his thing. Was he, <laughs> he was, in? Oh, he's been in uh, like everything. Was he in? Uh, no, I'm too confusing. Wasn't he like the crazy character in a tent in Bertolucci's something? <laughs> Don't know. They sure. go into a tent and there's this crazy man in the desert. Uh, Willem Dafoe. Here we go. Now we've gone off on a tangent here. Willem, Willem Dafoe was. I mean, his his filmography, as they say, rec- you can tell how important somebody is because they have a separate Wikipedia entry for their credits. That's always a oh. sure sign. Uh, oh God! I mean, where do you want to start? Blimey! I can't, I can't read all those out. I mean, before the lighthouse. Uh, Fox Lux, I enjoyed that. Not yes. everyone, not everyone's cup of tea. No, weird. Yeah. Um, oh, he was only the narrator in that. I was going to say, I don't remember him being in it. Murder on the Orient Express. I mean, I was just endless. Oh, I mean, so many films, so many films. Uh, yeah, and Robert Pattinson, and you know, just mental, absolutely mental. That you can see why we did, we are not film critics, can't you? I just wanted to be in the pitch meeting. The entire movie, I wanted to be in the pitch meeting. Yeah, I just want to hear them trying to explain. No, 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 stay with me. <laughs> it's about it's, two blokes. It's not even four by three. No, no, it's a whole different ratio. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it, but it's basically square, right? Right. Yeah. And about they're, they're they're lighthouse keepers. <laughs> like, so who is the love interest? Uh, it's a mermaid <laughs> with us. Yeah. Who may or may not exist. Who may, or in fact, none of it may actually have happened. And they may keep happening. It's one of those, isn't it, I believe? Where, oh, this Just has all him. happened before. And the, um, not that that's a spoiler, because I can't remember whether that's what happens in the end. Uh, I assume, did you see The Witch? The film Robert Eggers I did, made before yeah. that? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that was that, terrific. That, that was, yeah. Again, equally. Scary film. I watched it through my. Scary, you know. scary film fingers. Yeah. Your scary film fingers. I don't like the scary film. Okay, so Mark Corvin's score for The Lighthouse, which is kind of, you know, it's it's, it's equally as abrasive and, and um, yeah, dense. Thank you. 
that's Mark Corvin's score for The Lighthouse. Now, what we must say is that um, there's a lot of scores that we both loved that we haven't been able to play, um, just simply through the amount of time. Otherwise, you'd be here all week, um, and we'd be here all week, and it's getting past my bedtime, to be honest. Um, and, you know, we wanted to... Actually, what we were thinking about is maybe we'll do one uh, on the best TV scores of the year. So You're right, because I think that, yeah. that was a by, by far the second yeah. half of the list was yeah, the TV was. scores, yeah, which yeah. we both loved. Yeah, so we could, you know, we'll get in Succession and uh, His Dark Materials and Mandalorian and Queen's Gambit and stuff like that. So one of the scores I really wanted to get in, and it was actually on your list and not on mine, to be honest. And then when when I kind of went back to it, I thought, ah, yeah, News of the World, which is um, uh, James Newton Howard. Now, just to sort of background, News of the World is um, Tom Hanks, old Tom Hanks again. Oh, Everyone loves Tom, don't they? For some yeah. reason, they call him Autumn Shanks in our house, and I don't know why. <laughs> it must be why. I, my kids have a name for everybody. Autumn Shanks is one of them. Steamboat Winslet. I don't know why. That's just the way. Matthew, my hair has gone away. I don't know. That's just what they're just bonkers. Anyway, um, News of the World. Tom Hanks is a um, what is he? He kind of he's an oh he's he's he was in the Confederate Army. It takes place after the uh, American soon after the American Civil War, with the South is still being um, policed by the um, Yankees. And he goes around reading newspapers to, in, to sort of outposts of civilization, and he ends up rescuing this young girl. And it's who is uh, German? Is she German? I think she's German. Yeah, of German extraction, right. and her family have been killed. Anyway, I mean, it's, it's it's actually a fair. I've seen that story a few times, to be honest. I've seen it a couple of times, but um, I really enjoyed this. I think you enjoyed it slightly less than I did. I did. I mean, it, it's mm. got Tom Hanks in it. Yes. So therefore, <laughs> it's already in my list. Uh, and it's Paul uh, Greengrass. Yeah, doing Paul Greengrass. That was what surprised me about it, yeah. actually. I knew it was Paul Greengrass going in. And by the time I got to the end of it, I'd forgotten it was Paul Greengrass. Because he Which quite often... You know, happy to say. To hear you yeah, say. Cause... Well, yeah, because normally draws attention to themselves, aren't you, with all that wobbly camera work. Which I, I, you're more of a fan of than I am. But Yeah. Um, but the thing about the music, I mean, and it is, it's also sort of tantric emotion. I thought, actually, I don't want to give any spoilers because this is still pretty active on streaming, isn't it? Um, the emotional punch comes in a different way than I imagined it to come. I thought it was going to be the old, old story. <laughs> mm, yes. <laughs> but no, it's really not. It. It's not yes. the old, old story. It's not about, you know... Anyway, I don't want to give anything away, but... One of the reasons uh, I what I like about this is it's a good old fashioned film score. That's what it is. I would totally agree. You know, it's no, you know, it's it's not avant garde. It's not trying to be avant. You know, it just is straight up. If you like, I'd reticent to use the word proper film music. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't mean that in in the way that it sounds, but that's. I think it's slightly more classic, slightly more it's traditional a classic, in, in, a, in that sense. Go. But I yeah. think it also it's because, you know, in that way that we were just talking about that films, when when a score is really working, it's it's because it's part of the whole, you know. Yes. And I think this film, 
it has the dusty landscape it has the dusty hats mm -hmm. it has horses and it has the old west in it you you kind of don't want to depart too far from that no to keep the audience sort of with you i mean i'm not suggesting you it's impossible to do that and it's impossible to do something original because there's a lot of originality in the score but i think you kind of don't necessarily it's part of the it's the language yes it's absolutely you, you kind of want a score that's a little bit more beefy like this yeah and kind of reassuring as well in the way that tom hanks is i mean tom you know tom makes you feel kind of safe and warm doesn't he in an odd sort right. of way and this and, and it's funny because it's it, i'm just trying to think as as i was saying that with my mm. mouth i yeah. was trying to figure out <laughs> why it is that you want to score like this for a western and because it wasn't like there was school there were like orchestras following around cowboys <laughs> That'd be hilarious. That's what I playing I've, this sort of music. in a covered wagon. That would been hilarious. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's, but it sort of is a. It's it's sort of the old west that has been created by movies exists in itself mm, as a world. Yeah, but the language of movies is. Um, yeah, I mean that's 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 about a million podcasts, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're absolutely right to bring it up. What I mean is that that should be. Yes, I mean the western. Yeah. But this is this is uh, um, it's in my in my absolute top scores of the year. This is News of the World, James Newton Howard.
Okay, ba ba bum. It is a great score. It really is. Yeah. And you know, it's a bit like I don't know. How can I describe it? It's a bit like when I don't know. Uh, you want James Burke telling you science? <laughs> right. <laughs> that's kind of what it I, is. <laughs> right. No, I think that's a, that's a very good way of putting it. <laughs> Sorry, okay. I got a visitor. Oh, hello. hello. Okay, everybody, this is Rocky. Hello, Rocky. Hello, sausages. <laughs> you say hello. <laughs> the sound of his tail bang. Yeah, that's all right. That's fine. Oh, 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 look, he's got excited. Yeah, oh, hello. He likes you. <laughs> <laughs> sausages. I think you have to be a certain age to get sausages, don't you? <laughs> sausages. So, uh, we, we we basically sort of um gonna have to cut a bunch of stuff because we've been going on too much and because we love film music so much so we'll do we'll do more and more of this sort of thing um hopefully unless you uh, yes. um if you For actually if you, sure. yeah if you email podcasts at picturehouseupfield.com you can beg us to stop um and we will accept payment for for the stopping of of the podcast. But we're going to finish. Much. Yeah, no, and and actually cheaper than you think, more cost effective <laughs> than you would imagine. But yeah, so we've had a, a bit of a gallop through some of the scores, only some of the scores. And this is again the glorious thing. What I say about books and um, about movies. You and I have seen thousands and thousands of movies, but we still haven't seen all the movies. There are still many, many, many great ones we haven't seen. Um, which is what's great about it, and the buggers sure. keep making them. <laughs> they keep making them, <laughs> keep adding to the pile. Um, okay, so uh, we're going to finish off with um, Trent Reznor. Say it right, Kev. And Atticus Ross's score for Mank, which uh, you know is divided critics. The film, I enjoyed it immensely, but then I'm a film nut. I think you enjoyed it as well, didn't you? I loved it, uh, and I I do think that you probably have to have read a few. Like yeah. movie history books before coming into this, which is not necessarily the best. No, <laughs> the best setup for any movie. No. It felt a little bit like it could have been some, mm. uh, some more hand holding for the audience. Not that that's my favourite word word in the world, but yeah, it was I think um, asking quite a lot. Yes, but then why does everything oh, yes. really have to be oh, no. that simple all the time? No, other half of my brain, screw them. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. I mean, it was quite wordy, probably historically um, a bit inaccurate. Well, no, it was quite inaccurate. But I think it captured the moment, didn't it? It did. Not that yeah, I was there. Sure. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for that period of Hollywood history anyway. Yeah, yeah and to me see too. The, the studio lots and to see the, you know, the offices and the, the shenanigans going on mm. behind the scenes. Mm. But actually, the score itself was quite um, kind of traditional scoreish, wasn't it? For, I thought no. Well, it was very, it was very evocative of the scores of the time. Yes, that well, that of course is what's important. Yeah, I suppose well, it important. Yeah, I suppose it is. And so, it, I mean, um, so, I mean, sorry, so naive to say that, but it was it seemed to be what they were going for is trying to kind of not copy and not parrot what was in the, the movies, but to. Bring it, yeah, bring it to life. but a lot of people got quite, you know, especially a lot of the critics, they kind of got a bit upset about that. And especially there's, I don't know, how, you know, things like changeover cues and joins. I thought it was great. Do you see that yeah. on, the, on the top right? Yeah. They, they put yeah, it, change they put it in the circles. Yeah, yeah, changeover cues. And um, even on the on the end of reel one, there's a jump. There's a jump. 
Yeah. As a child. Like, we, like saw it here. We, we were around yeah. it. I was like, oh, you <laughs> little buggers. And I showed uh, my wife that. And I said, look at this. Watch that yeah, yeah. And you, you know, you shrug it off and you go, well, why is that interesting? Well, because it's just shot digitally. Yeah. And never and never has been projected ever. It's never seen. Well. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, yeah. I mean, I assume I don't know whether they struck actual prints, but I, I'm not even sure. I mean, they must put changeover cues still on. I don't know. And I always think it's a shame they take them off. Actually, you know, on on you know, watch and uh, you know those uh, old animated features. Which, and yes. uh, I know, and because actually. Uh, this, is, this is a bit nerdy I'm afraid but you know the old Technicolor cues because mm-hmm. they used to get that marvellous um, they were sort of brown in the middle and then they went green and then sort of yellow and on that the was, side of the film on, on the, on the, yeah because uh, again for those that don't know a changeover cue I mean this is how I learned how to show films in the olden days reels lasted 20 minutes actually in the days uh, man cassette films only last reels only lasted 10 minutes and because um, it was nitrate and um, nitrate film, which is highly flammable. And so um, you had two projectors in the projection box and you changed over from one to the other, hopefully imperceptibly. And there were little round dots in the top right hand corner of the screen. First one to start the motor and the second one to do the actual changeover. So you had these little paddles inside the projector. One went up and one went down. Manual. Yeah, it's entirely right. manual. Uh, in the early days, yeah. If I, well, I mean, I could go on all night about this, but I won't. But... Um, so uh yeah so he puts but the the old technicolor the reason they were so glorious <laughs> for 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 nerdy projectionists or for projectionists in general the technicolor cue the reason they looked so colorful was because they put a different sized punch hole in each of the negatives because three strip technicolor was was literally that red green and blue so you had a red negative a green negative and blue negative and uh, what they did was they put a slightly different hole in each one, and that's how you get that glorious, can't miss it from a million miles away, yeah. changeover. To, you know, the, the the easiest way to think about it is, remember the ones on the end of Tom and Jerry? Yeah. You know, you've got that, that, that brown, yellow, and green flash on the top right corner. That's because it's a Technicolor cue, and it was punched through the three different negatives. I just learned that. Yeah. <laughs> I've been studying this stuff yeah. for years and years because I never knew about the technical yeah, key, yeah, the yeah. change of a key being different. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, when single single film Technicolor came in, that, uh, and, of course, when you were, and, and I learnt on, um, you know, Sunday one day things where you were playing, I don't know, Easy Rider and Vampire Lovers or something, this gnarly old print that had been everywhere. And uh, you just, in those days, I mean, sod the queue. You just because people would put their own cues on, you know, they would like skull and crossbones or um, hole punches for paper. They used these hole punches and things because they'd lost the cues. It had been cut so many times, and you just you know, lace with picture in the gate, and then um, as soon as you see something that looks like a cue, you change over. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> that was something that I did. I did notice on Mac yeah. is that it wasn't just the circle. No, no, it no. Was where it was, it was a different projector, slightly different yeah. speed or whatever. It was yeah, yeah. Up to well, speed the belt had pulled. And then the dirt. Yeah, on the dirt on the end it of the was, reels. It was dirty for the next yeah, yeah, the, uh, four or five miles. seconds. It doesn't matter. I mean, you could try as much as you like, but because it was on on a f- spool, the film inevitably just slips a bit as it gets right down to the small, you know, the diameter. Um, when it gets right to the end of the reel, it's going really, really fast because it's a much, you know, and um, you can't help it. You just get scratching on the end of a reel. 
and yeah again again at the risk of being boring i can be sitting watching a film sometimes on on the television or whatever and i don't remember really watching the film before and then all of a sudden it becomes really really familiar like really familiar and oh, that's hilarious yeah. and i'm thinking why is this ah uh-uh. it's because this is where the changeover was <laughs> So that's the piece of the film that you'd watch. That's a film that I watched over and over every again, every single day, every single night, times a day. Yeah, yeah. So that that it just suddenly becomes really familiar, and that's because it's a changeover coming up. You know, and I bore the family going, "Oh, changeover coming up." <laughs> I can't imagine how that gets. Boring. You know, and actually, uh, yeah. So maybe that could you accuse that Mank of it being a bit of an affectation, probably? But I don't care. I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I mean, you probably could accuse every Fincher film of being a bit of an affectation. If if that's if that's the argument, yeah. I would take you in the parking lot <laughs> outside. We'll but, uh, uh, okay, so we should uh, finish on this piece of music from Mank called MGM because that is what uh, um, he was working for MGM. He goes to MGM, and uh, I'm just thinking about Trent. I have to say, I always want to say Trent Razor, which is really bad. Trent- now you said it. I know Trent Reznor, who, uh, of course, um, in terms of film music, it was the social network that kind of put him on the map for Fincher, of course. Yeah. But that that was an amazing score. And then he did Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and Gone Girl. And because he's Nine Inch Nails, isn't it? He's Nine like, Inch uh, Nails. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, yeah. Atticus Ross. Atticus Ross, both. yes, as well. Who, both. Who, who, they, but they Nine Inch Nails. together, yeah. Uh, their first Fincher score, of course, was Seven. Uh, oh, they did that. I did not they know did, that. But I don't think they were credited as oh. Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross. I think it was Nine Inch Nails they credited as. Ah. Well, I love Seven. Yeah. Wasn't a bug. Just to make sure that's true. We do this <laughs> every time Amazon turn up. Wasn't a bug. And they just look at you and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so we'll finish on that. That's that's what we think are some, only some of the best scores of 2020. And I have to say, I wasn't entirely um, convinced we could come up with uh that many simply because it just feels like the emptiest year in cinema history but actually we had too much in the end and uh, we uh, did and i think it was it's going to be interesting hmm. to see what else we come up with in the television yes 2020, tv yeah amazing work yep and uh hopefully we can get some uh our plan is to get some guests in as well talk about film music um there i've said it out loud now so we've got to do it <laughs> so i will work on this side of the atlantic you work on that side of the atlantic and we'll meet in i don't know iceland no st louis st louis meet me in st louis okay here we go thanks for listening everybody say bye phil bye bye phil bye phil thank you and um we'll, thanks. We'll, thanks kevin no 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 thank you it's been great um um uh yeah so uh download this and rate it and what is it they say like and subscribe and all that kind of stuff but anyway we love you we both love you all very very much thank you very much bye bye